flow in the worship service is that it begins well before you ever come up on the platform. And it starts with unity. We have to be united as a praise team. I'm so thankful that Holy Spirit will use us where we are. When we come onto the team, maybe we have some maturing to do. We're baby Christians. And he will tolerate certain aspects of behavior that might not be um, a part of unity, but he will never leave us there. His goal is to always bring us into the unity of faith. My scripture here is from Psalm 133, 1 and 2, where the word says how good and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters dwell together in unity. It is like the anointing oil that flows down from the head, from Aaron's head onto his beard, onto his robes, all the way down the body. There the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. So for a praise team, even, even if you're not on a praise team, for a body of believers to worship the one true living God in, in a flow, in a seamless flow, there has to be unity. What does unity look like? There needs to be unity among the members. We have to support each other. We need to be each other's biggest fans. There's no place for comparison. There's no place for competition. And there is no place for one's own agenda. We have to become comfortable in our own skin. We have to become comfortable in who God made us to be. And stop comparing ourselves with everyone else. I can't sing like Natasha can sing. I can't do the things with my voice that she can do with hers. I don't have the same ear for all of the harmonies that Sylvia can sing. I do okay with what I, what I have. But if I compare myself to them, I'm always going to fall short. But guess who's not comparing me with them? My father. Now, people might be, <laughs> but there's nothing I can do about that. People have opinions, people have preferences, and people are going to compare. You can't worry about that. Your father sees you operating the way he created you to operate, and that's what pleases him. That's what I'm after. So I can't get up there and belt out all these runs and these fancy ad-libs, and I'm not going to try. Because everyone in the body has a function. I can't play an instrument. I love to hear the horns when that anointing hits them super extra, and they'll be just doing it over there in that section. I can't do that. But the Lord blessed them and created them to be able to. So we can't compare ourselves with one another. Another way to foster unity among the team is to pray together, which we do. We have been instilled that before we come onto the platform, we gather for a few moments to pray together. And it's important that we do that. In that moment, we're submitting ourselves to the Holy Spirit and to each other before we ever try to step up on a ministry platform and lead anybody into his presence. That is a place where we can connect those hearts for a few moments in time. And you know, praying together doesn't have to be in person and it doesn't have to be just before we go on the platform. When you know a member of your team is suffering or struggling and Holy Spirit drops them in your spirit, shoot them a text. Hey, how you doing? No, you've been sick. How's your mom? How's your daddy? Stuff like that. That's the way, you know, I'm praying for you. Pray for and with one another. It's important. Have times of fellowship together off the platform. We do that here with our power-ups. Sometimes they're serious, they're worship nights, and sometimes we just get together and have fun. But that fosters a greater, a deeper sense of unity as well because 
we get to see each other away from ministry. We get to see each other away from our responsibility and our holy duty every Sunday. If the only time we interact with each other is when we're leading someone in worship, we don't know each other's hearts really. And if you don't know my heart, then you're likely to misinterpret some things. You're going to read me wrong, you're going to take me wrong, and, and I will do the same for you because I haven't learned your heart. Times of prayer and fellowship together off the platform enable us to know each other so we don't make those wrong assumptions. I've had people tell me, and I realize I'm not a warm, fuzzy person. I'm not an overly friendly person. I don't much like to hug, all those things. And I can't tell you.
me to be straight. I want to think like you think. I want to have the mind of Christ in this matter. I have an opinion, and my opinion may matter, but at the end of the day, what he wants trumps everything. And my heart has to be right. You know, creative people are thin-skinned notoriously. It is very easy for creatives to get hurt because of the way we flow and the way we are made. We have to guard against that as worshipers because it's so easy to take an offense. We cannot afford it because it hinders the flow. Stay humble. Pride is toxic. It's what got Satan kicked out of heaven. Lucifer got him kicked out of heaven. You receive a compliment, but don't let it go to your head. You know, just, I love it whenever uh, I'll compliment Natasha, for example, and she'll say, all glory to God. That's the first thing she says. I'm like, Tasha, that sounded great. All glory to God. You know, don't let it go to your head. There's a saying that says, um, listen to your critics and not your fans. I don't know about that. You've got to be careful listening to your critics, too. But definitely don't let the praise of man go to your head. It's all about him. Nothing wrong with saying thank you when someone pays you a compliment. That, that, that horn solo was fire. Thanks. Yeah. But don't let it go to your head. Okay. <clears throat> Honor your commitment to the team. <laughs> this is a way to have your heart prepared. We're not talking about this morning because it was rainy and the roads were bad and folks had some trouble getting here, and that's okay. But as a rule, be on time because everybody's waiting on you, right? Everybody's going to be late from time to time. It's going to happen. But, you know, as much as, as it is within your power to be here on time, that's a way to show honor and commitment to your team. And be prepared. You should know what the list is, right, before you show up. I have, it's been a long time, but I remember one time I was standing up there and someone walked up on the platform, I'm not going to say names, looked and said, oh, what are we singing today? I was like, oh, holy Lord, you don't know. Be prepared. You know, it, it, planning center, y'all know, I, I'm sorry. I know I send out a lot of messages. I know I've been killing your inbox. I'm blowing it up. But it's stuff I feel like you need to know, or it's stuff that Mrs. Blease has told me to send you, and I want you to be as knowledgeable and as well-prepared as you can be. So respond to those if you would, if I ask for a response, especially Planning Center. I know on Planning Center, it tries to get in your business. I didn't make it do that, because it'll say, you know, if you decline, it'll want to know your reason why. You don't have to put a reason, just so you know. But, uh, you know, at least if you decline or you accept, we know who's going to be here. And if you're not, we can try to make some arrangements to cover you. Yes, let me bring you the mic. Reminded me, uh, like you say, responding, you know, to, you know, what you have shared. And he reminded me, I think it's in the Word of God in uh, 1 Corinthians 4 and 2. He told me, he said, moreover. He said it was a requirement that a man first be found faithful. And so for me, I said, now, if I can give man, meaning my natural job, a reason for being late, moreover, I can do it for the household of faith. Thank you for sharing that. That's good. 
So yeah, this isn't like a, a review of the rules and regulations. Again, this is how to create a flow in the worship service. If we're unified, if our hearts are prepared, if we're prepared with our music, if we're ready to go when it's time to go, then that's going to lessen the hindrances and the hiccups along the way. We're going to be more prepared to do what we've been called and created to do. We need to be prepared um, with the music we've assigned. Mrs. Blease has told us many times, practice does not happen up here on Sunday mornings. That's rehearsal, that's sound check. Practice happens at home or practice happens on our monthly Thursday night practice session. So just some other ways that we like to be prepared. Communication is key to fostering unity. Again, I kind of touched on that already. Communication with our pastors, our leadership, communication with other team members. Make expectations clear if you're a worship leader and humbly listen to feedback from the team. For ministers of music, creative ministries, directors, worship leaders, whatever your title may be at your church, for those who are watching online, make expectations clear to your team and humbly accept their feedback because they may have a solution or an idea or a suggestion as to how we can do that better. Don't be so much a leader that you can't hear from someone else when they have a better idea. All of that continues to foster unity. Roman numeral two, Holy Spirit is the ultimate worship leader. Now we're still creating the flow at this point well before we get on the platform. He is the ultimate worship leader. He knows what the Father wants. And any attempt to create a worship set without him is going to be less. It's, it can be done because God has... So, um, from time to time, I'm given the privilege of creating the set list. So this is what I do. I pray first, and I ask Holy Spirit what he wants that week. Um, I ask questions like this. How can we best honor and magnify the name of Jesus in this week's worship service? And what aspect of your nature would you like to highlight in the worship service this week? He's multifaceted. There's a million different ways you could go, and then some. Because here's, here it is. Holy Spirit knows what the Father's heart is longing for in that moment. And he knows who will be in the congregation and what aspect of his nature will most minister in a given service. Worship's all about him. It's all for him. It's the only part of the service that's just for him. The preaching's for us. The teaching's for us. The altar ministry is for us. But the worship is for him. However, when we are worshiping him in spirit and in truth, when we are exalting the name of Jesus in praise, when we are helping to create an atmosphere in this house that he feels welcome in, when it feels throne roomish to him, he cannot help but come down and pour out his blessing upon his people. He can't help himself. We're worshiping him, but he's looking at you going, baby, I see you this week. I know what you're going through. Let me touch you. Let me minister to you. Let me bless you. We've seen it time and time again in this house where we are just lifting him up and all of a sudden he's like you know what let me come down let me walk in the midst of that let me bless these people and he knows who's going to be in the service for example 
might have a mother in here who's struggling with her children. Maybe the dad walked off and he left her hanging. Maybe we've got a wife in the congregation whose husband's been messing around. Maybe we've got a teenager who's been terribly disappointed by their parents. Whatever. Maybe they just need to know somebody's still faithful. And you know, what if that Sunday, Holy Spirit's like, you know, I know that person's coming. They need to know I'm faithful. And so they speak to whoever's making the list and say, focus on my faithfulness this week. He does it all the time. Still, we haven't even gotten on the platform yet, y'all. We're still trying to establish flow. Keep, this is Roman numeral three, keep the natural progression of a worship service in mind when selecting the songs. The natural progression is praise and then worship. Praise is usually faster and louder, and worship is usually softer and slower. But it's not always the case. There are exceptions to that rule. Praise is typically horizontal. Let me tell you about my Jesus. How great is our God? Sing with me. How great is our God? Where worship is more vertical. I love you, Lord. You are worthy. You are excellent. You are holy. And, that, and that's the natural progression. The word says in Psalm 104 that we're to enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. So that is typically how we start. There is um, a book on the suggested reading list for the conference. And if you weren't able to be here, some of those folders and those materials are in my office and I can get those to you. But one of the books is called Glory and it's by Ruth Ward Heflin. And she has a quote in there It says, praise until the spirit of worship comes, worship until the glory comes, and then stand in the glory. The glory is his presence. And y'all, that is where transformation takes place. Let's go down to Roman numeral four. Choose songs from your repertoire that flow well together once your theme has been established. Musically, there are some worship leaders who like to keep everything in the same key because it is easier to flow that way, and that's okay. I personally like to mix up the keys because to me, when you go to another key, it just adds a breath of fresh air into the set. It's like, okay, we're going somewhere new. We're going somewhere different. There's validity in both styles. Neither is right or wrong. Um, pick songs that flow well together lyrically. Look for commonality of language when you're choosing the songs. For example, if Holy Spirit has said he wants to focus on the faithfulness of God this week, look for those songs. Look for the ones that have that language in them. If you listen to the songs that we do on a Sunday, you can pretty much pick out what we were trying to get to, what area or facet of God we were trying to highlight that week. Highlight that week. And when you're crafting that set, be sure to make time for spontaneous worship. You don't necessarily have to schedule it, although there are some times when you're planning a list where Holy Spirit will let you know that's a good place for some chordal worship. And so you'll put that on the format. But he can show up at any time, right? Because in spontaneous worship, where the musicians have the freedom to play whatever they're feeling and where the singers can sing the song of the Lord, that's when spontaneous songs are birthed. They can become actual songs that become a part of the repertoire. Prophecy, the word of the Lord, can come forth at those times and often does. Breakthrough, healing, and salvations take place. Many times when we start flowing in spontaneous, the congregation really starts to feel that extra anointing that has come into the room, and they respond like. 
All right, Roman numeral five. During the worship set, we go up there with a plan. We have a format. We have a list, and we're prepared. We're prayed up. We're read up. We're full of unity. We've prayed together. Our hearts are just overflowing with love for Jesus and each other and the congregation. So we get up there, and we plan to do what the song list says. But be prepared to get hijacked. Because Holy Spirit made this list, and he can mess with it if he wants to. We give him free reign to do that here. So you can't, as a worship leader, go, um, oh, no, on Alpha and Omega, well, Holy Spirit, what you doing? We still got two songs after this we have to get through. Holy Spirit might be like, you know what? I know I said to do those songs, but guess what? Surprise! I'm not going to do that. Be willing to flow with him. He might drop a song in your spirit. Musicians probably don't like this. But, you know, sometimes the worship leader starts feeling a song that's not even on the list. And they'll just start singing it. And they try to find us. We have some excellent musicians in this house who can find us most of the time. And that's a blessing. Most of the time. <laughs> um, submit to those in authority over you. You know, sometimes the, the creative ministries director, the senior pastor, might start to feel a real strong exhortation coming up during your worship set. When he or she comes to the platform, worship leader, step aside, okay? And let them say what the Lord has said. We cannot be so rigid and so bent on... Um, the Holy Spirit said this. I prayed. And he said this is the list. And you can't mess with that. No, Holy Spirit can do what he wants to. And we're submitted to authority. Okay? Um, Holy Spirit often hijacks the service. If there's a sudden outpouring of glory, don't try to squash what he's doing. Let him go. Let him flow. Just let him do what he wants to do. He is the ultimate worship leader, after all. Uh, under number 5B, keep the talking to a minimum. This is for worship leaders. The song is the message. The lyrics are the message. Yes, Holy Spirit will exhort through a worship leader. There are times when we will say things. He'll say, say this, and we'll say it. But it's not the time between songs to give a lengthy discourse. It's not that it doesn't have value and what you're saying is important, but it's not necessary many times in the moment. Because there may be some worshipers who are a little bit newer to the worship experience and all that talking is disruptive to what they're trying to flow in. So when you're leading worship, just be mindful of that. If the Holy Spirit says something, drops it in your spirit, exhort, say it. But he's probably not going to give you a big old story to say. And we have multiple worship leaders in this house, which is a beautiful thing, because every one of us has a different style, and they're all needed. We have to flow with each other as different worship leaders. If Natasha was up before me, and the Lord was using her to exhort the congregation uh, verbally, then when I come up, I probably don't need to pick up where she left off and keep talking, you know what I'm saying? Because we're trying to establish flow. Flow. How do you know when Holy Spirit wants you to say something and when you just feel like it's a good idea to say it? Well, that comes with practice. Trial and error. Trial and error. I don't talk as much as I used to. I used to be a very wordy worship leader. And so a, a very knowledgeable person checked me on that one time. 
Okay, worship leaders, keep an eye on the congregation. Then this, you might say, that's not possible because you're just all caught up in the Spirit and you're trying to flow with the Holy Spirit. You can flow with the Holy Spirit and mind the congregation and take care of the team at the same time. It's possible when you're in Him. What do I mean keep your eyes on the congregation? Don't be swayed by them and don't look at them too much because there's nothing worse than you feeling the Holy Spirit and you feel like something's getting to break out in the church and you see... Okay, so don't look too hard. But what I mean by keeping an eye on the congregation is, you know, if you're feeling like it's time to go to the next song, just do a quick little scan. If somebody's really getting ministered to in that moment, maybe stay there. Maybe do that bridge a couple more times, right? <laughs> um, I have a, a bad habit. I say it's a bad habit of worshiping with my eyes closed sometimes. And the other day, I was worshiping, and I had my eyes closed, and I felt like it was time to go to the next song. And when I opened my eyes... I didn't know it, but there were people all around the altar here being ministered to. And so, thank God I looked, and I decided to keep the song going because there was something in that song at that moment the Holy Spirit was doing for those people. So you kind of have to keep an eye on folks. Um, keep an eye on your team. Sometimes when we have Holy Spirit break out like he does and the worship set gets extended, people get tired. We're human. Sometimes if the singers have been singing that note repeatedly, especially the sopranos, they have to hit those high notes, it's okay to take a break. Let your vocalist know you can take a break. We have water up there. We don't have water for every single body because we don't have room to put all the waters up there. But we have some vitamin C drops for just such an occasion. Put that out for the musicians as well. Likewise with the musicians, try to notice if they're getting tired. I got so tickled one day. Miss Blaze was up there during ministry time. Holy Spirit was doing his thing. This was a song that the horns were heavily worship, uh, featured on. And I looked over there, and they, their faces were blue. They were blowing those horns hard as they could, but they had been playing for like 15, 20 minutes straight. And I was like, Lord bless, they need a break. <laughs> so it's good to let the team know when things get extended like that, it's okay. Take a break. Be mindful of the team. Um, if you hear the musicians, all of a sudden there's an extra anointing. They're always anointed. But there's just this exponential anointing that hits them. Uh, have your singers just calm, just back down. Just stop singing and let them prophesy on their instruments. Same with the vocalist. If we've got a vocalist and all of a sudden he or she starts uh, manifesting in the, the song of the Lord or a word of prophecy or a song of prophecy, motion to you musicians just to, to tone it down just a little bit so that can come out and so that can be heard. So during the worship set, first and foremost, you're flowing with him. But be mindful, you are leading a congregation. You can't ignore the congregation. You have to be mindful of, of them as well. And be mindful of your team when the set gets a little long. After the worship service, if you can watch or listen to it, and we can because it's on live stream, it's, it's on our Facebook page, I recommend you do that. Not for the purpose of being hypercritical, but for the purpose of learning. You can see what didn't work. Uh, I will confess, I can be hypercritical, and it's usually of myself. I'll be like, why did I make that face? Why did I move like that? That looked weird. Um, <laughs> oh, that was pitchy. That was the wrong note. Stuff like that. You can't do that. Watch it just for the, the purpose of growing and seeing what we can do better next time. Humbly receive feedback from others, especially from, like I said earlier, leadership and team members. Take feedback from the congregation. Take it with a grain of salt. 
because everyone has an opinion. Because Bob may come up to you after church and say, that music's way too loud. Y'all need to do something. But Sally might come up to you after that same service and go, you know, I couldn't even hear you today. I don't even know why you had the microphone. Couldn't hear you. Or they might say, oh, them drums were so loud. The piano was too loud. I couldn't hear the horns. Okay, that's valuable feedback, but be careful that if the feedback starts getting a little negative, that you don't let it get in here. So what do you do when you get some negative feedback? I've gotten some before. I just, I've learned to say, well, thank you for sharing that with me. And then if I feel like it needs to go up higher than me, I'll share that. And if I feel like it doesn't, I just let it, let it be what it is and let the Lord do his perfect work. Um, don't get upset or embarrassed if you're watching the, the live feed uh, after the fact and you see that you made a mistake or even in the middle of worship, you know you blew it. You know you sang out and got that solo when it wasn't supposed to be a solo. You know you, you were in the wrong key. That was the wrong note. It happens. Like I said, Holy Spirit chooses us. Flawed, imperfect, nasty little old us to be carriers of his presence and to lead people into worship. He knows sometimes the vocals aren't going to be on point. He knows that sometimes the musicians are going to mess up and he's not offended and he's not embarrassed of us. So don't be embarrassed of yourself. Pastor Faye, will you share um, with this audience what you shared about how the Lord fixes those bad notes? How he gave you that revelation. When we come prepared and ready and we're doing all that we can do to be ready for this service when we get here the Lord said that what he would do when it comes out of that mouth and when it comes out of the end of those instruments before it gets to the ears of the people he will change it because the anointing is the breaker the anointing is the healer the anointing is what makes the difference and how we present ourselves to the Lord and to the people of God in this house. And the second thing the Lord showed me was one morning there was, there was actually an angel standing here, and he had a big tuning fork in his hands. When we come prepared, and we've done all we can do, he will tune us to heaven's pitch. He will do that. And when he does it, it's all the difference in the world. Amen. Now, this is a room full of seasoned and experienced worshipers, and we have just a few minutes left. Do any of you guys have anything to add, anything at all? Would love to have you give your input. I can bring you the mic, or you can hustle on up here. Either way, don't be shy. Nope. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time and your attention. Again, these are just some important, they're important to us, things that we employ here at Northview with our praise team to help us to create a more successful flow in the worship service. All of our human effort is nothing without him. Apart from him, we can do nothing. But we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. And because we've been given such an awesome opportunity and such an awesome responsibility, we need to be prepared so that when we get up there, if holy chaos breaks out, we don't fall apart. We go with the flow. Thank y'all so much.